Welcome to Mommy and Daddy. The podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Ah. Somebody there? I need help. Don't we all, Finny? Don't we all? Oh, Finny, call me Finn. Because mm. I'm Finn to talk about this movie. <laughs> Welcome to Spooktoberfest 2022. Cue guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> Organ music. Or organ music, uh, creepy tuba, could have a, a accordion. Are we putting together a parent band here? <laughs> oh my gosh, we are. Ah. Oh my gosh, the parent band. We're in a parent band. We'll get to that later, but hello, welcome. Hi. Welcome to Spooktoberfest. It is October, and this episode will come out on October 13th, but another episode will come out. Right before Halloween. That's right. You get a double dose of MXD because it's a spooky time of year and you got to have it. It is. And I I really, almost like uh, December with Christmas movies, I do feel the urge to watch scary movies in October. Like I have a very, I have a very long list of new and old movies that I would like to watch and um, truthfully won't watch any of them. Uh, being oh, realistic so about it's, our time here. It is so hard. I think it is something good to keep in mind as you have a little bit of travel coming up. I do. But then I do want to, there's certain things I want to see with you. I know, but we got to just do what we, what we can do here. We just got to forget about that whole part of our lives. got to forget about that yeah. part of our lives. It's <laughs> over. Well, actually, we watched this movie separately. We did. And, and I really like uh, doing that from time to time. Yeah, no, it it is. It provides a different perspective, and there are a couple times since we've been back in each other's presence that I've wanted to say something, the yeah. black phone related. Yeah, same. And I haven't. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. We watched the black phone. Twenty twenty one. That's right. A That's new so one. weird. I thought it came out this year. It didn't came out last year. What? Yeah, it's a twenty twenty one no situation. No. It was just out, wasn't it? Yeah, well, this is why this is a parenting podcast. People understand what we're going through here. Yeah, they all think it's brand new. They they haven't even... No, it came out June 24th, 2022 well, in the US 20, of A. 21. Okay, it says 2021 on the internet movie database. Strange. Why? Well, you know, we always have a problem. We have problems with this. Um. Okay, good. Well, that makes me feel a little less bad for not having seen it. I will just, so to clarify, the film had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest on September 25th, 2021. It closed the Overlook Film Festival on June 5th of 2022. Then Tribeca Film Festival. 
<laughs> June 18th of 2022. Wow. That's shocking to me. Wow. And then it was released uh, VOD July 14th. Well, we have a bunch of dates there for you. How about that? So anytime, you can stream it through Peacock beginning August 14th, 2022. Okay, speaking of dates, before we get into the movie, speaking of dates, mm-hmm. something monumental happened today. Today? Yes. Something monumental. And sadly, it does not relate to our family costume this year, although I really, really lobbied for it. And it w- we were on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. We were on a Scooby-Doo trajectory. We were. If Halloween was in June. I know. But also, we're on a trajectory with Sonic at that point, too. It was anyone's guess. Anyway, <sighs> neither one of those things are happening, but there's big Scooby-Doo news. Scooby, Scooby news. Scooby-Doo Scooby, news. Scooby I think that's right. D- news, yeah. That's um, good in a Delaware accent. <laughs> Scooby-Doo news. You're, you're starting to say Delaware like a true Delawarean. Delaware. Absolutely. Delaware. Velma's gay. Velma's gay. Velma's gay for real. That's right. Uh, on Variety.com, which is a website, it there's a there's a there's an article about it. It's more than a website. It's a way of life. Oh, uh, it says in 2020, James Gunn tweeted that he tried to make Velma a lesbian in the live action movies. In 2001, Velma was explicitly gay in my initial my initial script. But the studio just kept watering it down and watering it down, becoming ambiguous in the version shot, then nothing, the released version, and finally having a boyfriend, the sequel. And so Boy. it's confirmed for real. And we we live in 2022 and it is now the real truth that Velma is gay. I can't wait for the right wing backlash about this. I know. But at the same time, I'm feeling, I feel indignant about this Mm -hmm. because as you and I have talked about many times over the course of our children's obsession with Scooby-Doo, because they have watched probably 72 hours worth of content. Yes. I mean, there's just, I I always tell people this who I don't think will know uh, when Scooby-Doo comes up that. There's just so much content. Like people, I think people without kids think that it's just like the various um, shows and movies that they're familiar with, but that is untrue. There are hundreds of movies. Yeah, that's true. They're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if there's 30 Scooby-Doo movies realistically Realistically. that are feature length, like over 60 minutes, plus some Lego specials, plus a puppet special that was great it's really fun i think we've talked about that on the the pod before and then there's the i mean half dozen series of the show dating back to the 60s of course right so yeah and so in this time that they've been watching so much of it we have both been appalled at the focus on boyfriends and appearances (laughs) and like basically cat fighting between them about you're the smart one I'm the pretty one I want to be pretty I want to be smart like Mm -hmm. it's so gross that I have many times interrupted whatever they're watching to say that's not true or that you know I say something and Mm -hmm. they don't they don't care but um (laughs) yeah they so at this point it's so irrelevant it's like 
who fucking cares what Velma like there's a plot line in one of the series that Velma is Shaggy's girlfriend or is trying to date Shaggy. Oh my and god. And he's oblivious. And Daphne, of course, and Fred apparently well, this is one thing I never knew until watching it as an adult that there is a like a will they won't they with Daphne and Fred. What do you mean won't they? I I assume they're doing it constantly. No, no, they won't even admit that they're they, together that, or that they have a crush on each other that they are not together it's a whole thing what that's absurd yeah it really is so i i agree with there's you. no this mystery is... in the mystery van as no, far as da- daphne in that thing they all know what's happening <laughs> they're all having sex in my mind absolutely <laughs> except for scooby i'm not nasty. the red rocket what uh, <laughs> they're i i imagine that this they're really hoping that this news create i mean i guess it did it created buzz we don't often even talk about news on this show no we're timeless we try to stay out of current events completely yes it is strange that this is a thing they felt the need to like solidify exactly solidify as if there is canon for the show or whatever it's like this is going to be in one other animated movie it's like like they could easily ditch it in the next one it is strange that the move wasn't just like why don't we recognize that this is for small children and like just take the let and make it as sexless as 99 percent of the rest of like hollywood content it's really strange like to I, i mean i'm i'm here for it whatever but it, it's not the same it doesn't have the same weight as like two moms by the way like a lesbian because uh-huh. i what they imply from the article is is also that it's just like daphne gets like or sorry velma gets like weak in the knees and googly eyed at some like fashion photographer character or mm-hmm. something like that which is also just like the same corny shit that we're like yes. this is dumb when Fred and Shaggy are doing it, you know, to some woman. It's not exactly, I don't, it doesn't confront feelings for kids. It doesn't help them process no. that stuff. No. And I don't think you're going to get, I, I could be wrong. Well, we're going to obviously watch it. Yeah. So. Oh, certainly. I mean, it'll just be interesting. It's like, does she have, is there like any three dimensionality to, uh, her life as a queer person, I'm gonna say probably not. I'm gonna. I don't. Right. think it's gonna it's... be as one dimensional as Daphne and yes. all the rest. And uh, you know, it's this isn't what we're looking to, for for in Scooby Doo. We never have. We never wanted it, and so it would be better if they just didn't address this at all. Like, isn't it also kind of strange that it's all it's doing is confirming a stereotype people had. That it's like, oh, the bookish, uh, uglier one is probably yeah, yeah. a lesbian anyway. If they were like, the, Daphne's actually gay. And you know what? Fred's gay too. Right. And it's you like, know nah, what? they're all gay. Velma's asexual. Yeah, they're all just a bunch of gay friends. Yeah, that's why Daphne and Fred never did yeah. it. There was like, yeah, you were just misinterpreting that through the eye of the camera. So uh, there was never any. Anyway, I, well, it is... like I said, I, I've always thought it was a one giant orgy. So, mm-hmm. um, that is actually confirmed in one of the uh, the episode with Tim Conway, a mm. 70s stand-up comedian mm. and cultural figure, meets Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they have they, an orgy in yeah. that episode. Yeah, so there you go. Anyway, it's old news at this point. Um, but the day that we're recording this, 
big news in the land of Scooby-Doo. And uh, spoiler alert, sadly, will not be our family costume. So check that one off your list. (laughs) Yeah. All you guys keeping score at home. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, One day. We'll get there. I mean, if anybody is, please let us know. If you if you think you know, <laughs> send in your guesses. Yes. And I believe I have it saved as a story, all of our previous uh, family costumes. Yes, certainly. So, yeah, very excited about Halloween. Um, I've been doing that thing where I save recipes. Mm-hmm. I bookmark things. Oh, yeah. And I will never make any of them, but it's really fun to get excited about our Halloween party. Um, Is there anything that's caught your eye that you're like, that you feel like you're going to do? I feel, no, I feel like I'm going to do all of them. I won't do any of them. But do you want to give us any quick hits of like, oh, yeah, there's like a, there's like a caramel apple, uh, like platter thing i actually did post there there are a lot of good like uh scary vegetable and fruit trays like sharp charbuterie you know oh sure like that but there was one that i posted on our uh stories today that is of pennywise the new pennywise and it is actually (laughs) pretty fucking scary there's a giant forehead just a huge cauliflower yeah it really is yeah (laughs) he doesn't even okay all right guys well um Please, please check out our Instagram. I've been trying to keep it fresh over there, trying to do keep those stories rolling. That was hilarious. Satan's work. I don't know, not God's work. But um, <laughs> also, just here at the top, before we get into our movie, um, please, 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 if you know anyone who might enjoy this podcast, if you have friends with kids that you know they like scary movies, we're just gonna ask everybody to maybe just truly tell a friend this this month of spooktoberfest while we have two episodes coming out yeah this is our this is our fun drive if there ever was one right our membership (laughs) drive october is our fun drive yeah yeah we're not going to interrupt this every 10 minutes to bring you a message unfortunately no tote bags we really should make tote bags but um But yeah, tell tell somebody because this is probably the time where even your friends who don't love scary movies are watching some, and yes. so maybe you can even recommend an episode of this show you've loved, even if it's not uh, this one. But we we, we um, we're yeah, pretty excited all... for the movies for the two movies of this month. Yeah, and all the episodes are up there. So recommend away, rate and review if you want. But really, just telling a friend would be so great because mm-hmm. we we love doing this, and we just want to reach the parents who like scary movies and we know that they're out there um so yeah that's our that's our request that's us knocking at your door not for candy but for a favor yes can i talk about one other news item before we get into this movie as you mentioned knocking at doors for candy who's gonna stop you not me well is anybody going to stop the drug cartels? That's what I want to know from distributing rainbow fentanyl this Halloween <gasps> season. What? Do you know anything about this? No. Amazing. Okay. Sign me up. What? Okay. Free drugs? So to bring this home. Okay. Great friend of the show of our family. Our friend, Wu's friend, Goo. Okay. Okay got a note sent home from school warning to watch out for sweet tart looking rainbow fentanyl pills at 
trick-or-treating time. This is something that the trick-or-treating part is not the piece of this that's been shared widely, but the existence of a brightly colored, quote, rainbow fentanyl has been tweeted about by the DEA, by LA Public Health, by California Public Health, uh, CNN has run with this, all this stuff. But of course, our good friends at Fox News have turned <laughs> this, and the genius hosts of The Five have turned this into the classic scaremongering, razor blades in the apples, D&D is going to make your kids commit suicide, right, right. Uh, freak out fest, that your kids can end up being handed oh, fentanyl sure. when they're trick-or-treating. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, this is bullshit. No <laughs> one is, no one's going to do it. If someone does that, um, I mean, they are a monster and they will be truly the exception to every rule ever because this has never happened. And it's important for, I think, the sort of public service piece of this is a reminder. It's a, always a good idea to just check your kid's candy bag to make sure there's any nothing they shouldn't put in their mouths. Uh, in yeah. there. And I mean, th that's, throw out anything loose or whatever. That's easy. That's That's 101, people. And even saying these things look like Smarties is a stretch. There is a photo on the um, LA, I'm looking at the LA Public Health Twitter feed that is showing these fentanyl tablets and they look like drugs. They look like pills. They do not look like Smarties. They have stamps on them. They have the like sort of flathead screwdriver line down the middle, the bifurcation mark where you can cut a pill um, as many prescription medications do and these are not going to be mistaken no. for smarties and nobody's going to be even going to the effort to wrap them in plastic to get kids addicted because guess what they don't need to get children addicted <laughs> to fentanyl because it's already happening all across the country and being pushed by pharmaceutical companies yeah. so like don't i i would not sweat this one is my point people and i think if anyone in your school system is trying to put this out here who got a, a note in this in the lunchbox that's my understanding yeah wow yeah some other message that was sent home from like sort of official channels can i just can i just do you know i've talked about this before on the podcast so i'm sorry but we fought for years to get a flyer handed out in LAUSD about safe storage for guns. Here we go. Are you serious? And this complete bullshit threat mm -hmm. gets a flyer just like that. Just like that. Yep. That's the power of of freaked Stupidity. out parents and stupid and stupid people in charge. God, that makes me so mad. If anyone else has gotten similar stuff, please let us know. I'm curious. I would love to know kind of how far it's gone. I want to know if it's, we don't know if it's just to his school, his classroom. Was it a parent group? You know, like, was it sort of a rogue operation? Right. That's still unclear. Um, but regardless, the message was sent through seemingly official channels that this was a threat to, that everyone should take seriously. And wow. That's unreal. Yeah. God. Wow, we're we're so doomed. We're so doomed. Okay, it's getting dark over here at it Mommy is. and Daddy. It's getting real dark, and we're not doomed because of there's being drugs handed out on Halloween. We are doomed because people are idiots. <laughs> wow. Facts. So okay, well, 
I'm bummed out. Oh, let's get happy. <laughs> let's get happy. Let's. I think we should talk about this movie. <gasps> the movie. All right. Um, I would like to read uh, two plot summaries first okay. before we get into anything. Two plot summaries. Go ahead. From IMDb. IMDb. Two is better than one. Okay. Well, you know I have to because they're both so wretched, but I think together they... Together... They work. Two halves make a whole fentanyl pill. <laughs> My God. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you if they look like, because I didn't see the picture. Do they look like the Smarties from Canada? Oh, you I did bring some. <laughs> Josh was in Canada last week. And it's weird to say that. And it's also so dismissive. Like, can you imagine if somebody was like, I went to the United States last week? That's true. I went to... Central and Western Canada. I was in Winnipeg. I was in Calgary. Shout out to those cities. There's some really cool and interesting shit happening there. No, none of this will have anything to do with parenting. But um, yeah. but you did bring back Smarties, which are I actually did. M&Ms. Yeah. As we talked about in our house, our review of them was basically if like a Jordan Almond and an M&M had a baby. like Sad, if, Sadly, that's correct. Yeah, it's a very thick candy shell, which I didn't remember them being quite that that way. You can't really taste the chocolate going through. I but think, uh, yeah. We had a fun candy taste test with um, some Canadian treats I brought back. Yeah. Most notable among them, a Reese's peanut butter cup with potato chip pieces in it. Was underwhelming. Underwhelming, but fascinating. <laughs> If you get that in your candy bag, let us know. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to read two. Do it. Neither one is great. But we've got returning to the show, Claudio Carvajal. Oh, Rio legend. Brazil. I'll read his first. In 1978, in Denver, the siblings, Finney and Gwen Blake, live with their widower see it says his but whatever live with his widower alcoholic father terrence Hmm. they miss their mother who had psychic (laughs) abilities and committed suicide finney is bullied at school by three mates but his friend robin defends him when a child abductor known as the grabber kidnaps a boy named bruce gwen has a dream and mentions reference to black balloons unknown to the public. Detectives Wright and Miller come to the school to interview Gwen, but they do not believe in her statement. It says, but when Finney is abducted by the grabber, all of that happens after Finn's abducted, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when Finney is abducted by the grabber, he is locked in a soundproof basement and learns that the black phone on the wall is disconnected. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just so wretched. But out of the blue, Finney receives phone calls from the beyond. <sighs> All right. Okay. You, you you got names. You got major players there. You got the grabber, black balloons. Gwen is psychic, too. Blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. Okay. Now, newcomer to the show, the bucket rider. The bucket writer? Rider. The bucket rider. They ride a bucket. Yes. All, Do it. All, all one, one handle. 
Okay, Finney Blake is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who was abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of no use. Hmm. <laughs> soundproof. In soundproof basements, some no might... one can hear you scream. <laughs> so, some might say soundproof. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finney discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer's previous victims. And they are dead set up. Making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finny. Oh, Bucket Rider. That's not bad. That's not bad, but you needed more, which yes. which Claudio provided. Um, okay, so little bit mm-hmm. about this movie. Did you know that it is based on a short story? Only from the opening credits, yes. Joe Hill, okay. By Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. He wrote this story back in 2004. Wow. And I read the story today. You read it today? Oh, I'm so glad you did. Yes. That was on my to-do list. I didn't do it. Well, I did. It's only 30 pages, and it's 30 like typed pages. It took me five minutes to read it. So I really should have. Yeah, so There's I really mean, no excuse. <laughs> I'll send it to you now, and we'll wait. Okay. Um, And so the the... The story is different. This is what I need. You want to know in what in what major ways the story is different? Y- yeah, anything that hit you. Okay. So, obviously, a 30-page story is going to be... There's a lot less here to work with, but the grabber... So they He makes the grabber, as he puts it in the very first line, grotesquely fat. Okay. Okay, so I think part of what he's trying to do there is like he there's a lot of like body shaming with the grabber to make him scary Mm. and and um and gross and right and that much more repellent repellent yeah so whatever that didn't work for me but there's no mask okay and when i was watching this movie I, i wrote down as just it's just a conjecture. Mm-hmm. What would this movie be without this mask? Because the changes the movie a lot. And yes, if I kind of wish I had read the short story before I had seen the movie, because I think it would have been cool to try to picture these events without. But that that doesn't even. It, it was so much in the marketing and the trailer. I don't think it could possibly have been avoided. But if you right. were a fan of Joe Hill and you already read it. And then you saw this movie. I can imagine being really mad that this mask happened. Um, The mom is not dead and the mom is not psychic. She's just mentioned briefly. The sister is older in the short story, but she is, she does have psychic abilities. Okay. And the only person who calls him on the phone is bruce amata who you see in the movie he's the first kid um who we see abducted. who we see abducted and he is in the very first scene when finney is pitching and he he's just like a, a cool cool kid and mm-hmm. the phone and the purse and and bruce on the other end only happens after finney has been starving and cold for like three days it focuses a lot on i don't think in this story he ever brings him anything to eat and and so and then it kind of like 
you know, he does get a phone call, but it could easily have been his imagination. Right. And he then does like the ending happens the way with the brother and you know there's not like two houses there's not um anybody else calling there's not those other attempts mm-hmm. um and so but he does he does like strangle him and get out on his own and the sister's like psychic abilities are kind of hinted at in the phone call so it was interesting because it both had things that I thought would have been better, mm-hmm. like the the hallucinatory aspect right, of it. The unreliability of yes. his experience. Yeah. That uh, would have been cool. And also things I didn't like, like the the fat villain. Um only because it it that's what he was clearly trying to do was make him like gross. Um, right. As though like Nobody could ever love this piece of shit kind yeah, of yeah. It was energy like the, rather than like, oh, just here is this. Right. And person. any any kind of, in this situation when you're talking about kidnapping, in my mind, anything to make the villain grotesque is stupid because the whole thing is like, normal looking people kidnap kids you know like Uh like kids should not just be afraid of people who are otherized in society you know what i mean they should be afraid of everyone um right but (laughs) they should be afraid of anyone um and just know that that that's not a signifier of, of of evil but um anyway so we watched this movie separately yes we did so I want to know, I have some questions for you. Okay, I love this. Yeah. Okay. Did this movie scare you? Did this movie scare me? Uh, It scared me in the real world scary way. Right. In the thinking about abduction mm-hmm. and being a parent. That's, yeah. where, that's the area it scared me in i don't think i even had a jump scare though otherwise watching it i don't not that i recall it was literally just like the things that you might expect scared you it's just like him getting abducted and yeah i thought some good tension though with like attempting to escape and some stuff like that that i that i i thought was well done but i yeah not not scary i wasn't i wasn't um I wasn't afraid and it didn't make it hard to go to sleep. Right. So there was a lot of violence in this movie. Mm -hmm. There were two and then a uh, lots of buildup of fights at school. There was like a pretty big fight that you went that Finney witnesses. And then there's a fight where hit after that bully slash his buddy gets kidnapped then they come after finney and there's this great scene where uh his sister his younger sister gwenny gets uh like a rock and hits a kid and it's pretty brutal yeah the kid's like blood coming out of the side of his <laughs> yeah. face but then just like moves on mm-hmm. uh, which i yes. kind of loved this is one of the things that i wanted to say the other night we were watching the rings of power you said you didn't like people getting kicked in the stomach and i said well you will not like the black phone i know i didn't i was that's what i was thinking that's what i was 
I thought maybe. I was saying without saying. I really, there's so much kicking in the stomach. It's just one of those, I don't know. I There's gratuitous, it, it does, it's funny how that feels gratuitous. It, it's because you can't see all the internal damage that's happening. And I just imagine like ribs cracking and like if I got kicked in the stomach one time, mm-hmm. I would be hurting for a very long time. Yeah. And the, these kids, I mean, that first bully moose or whatever who gets beat up. Yeah. He I mean, he's going to have like a fractured skull, probably brain damage. I mean, he's pummeling the shit I out know, of him. It's I bad. It's bad. It was really hard to and watch. On the ground, too. So it's like hitting the, the ground. ground. Every it's all it's all bad. I can I ask you a quick book question? Yeah. Was it called was he called the grabber in the book? Yeah. Interesting. In the in the story, yeah. Okay. Um and then there's another really intense scene of the dad beating Gwen. Yes. The alcoholic father is beating Gwen. What did you think about that? I thought a lot about um I think this kind of falls into a major bucket that this movie made me think about is and this gets into something else we've talked I've brought up on the show I think I'm done with the 70s aesthetic in movies as like a storytelling device because it allows for corporal punishment like well yes it does take the convenience of cell phones out of plot points um it does include a lot of things like this where I'm just like where is the story of a kid's experience from 20 years later because we're there now right it's 2022 where is the story of like because i think the absentee parents the alcoholic parents obviously these are these are creatures who still exist and are at large in society but it was such a part for so many people of decades previously and for joe hill himself right his father was an alcoholic drug user and right, probably right. quite absentee. I don't think he was, I don't know if he was beating Joe Hill, but anyway, it's a big thing in Stephen King's books. It's a big thing in his son's books. It's mm-hmm. a big or in stories and everything else. And people love it in horror because it brings you back to the golden age of horror. But I do, there was something about this movie where I was like, the, you wished it was set in the nineties. Or whenever, any other time where I don't think you get these things as much of as much of a crutch, because I start to go like, I'm kind, I'm kind of ready to just see some other version of childhood, because I feel like we've seen it a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. but as far as so, what did I think about this? I thought, um, it was, it was detailed. It was, there was a lot of focus put on it, which I was finding a little weird child actors having to act Mm -hmm. these scenes. Yep. The father saying specifically, and no ice on it. Don't, you can't put any ice on that bottom, he says. Yeah. And I, and I was like, damn, that's like a detail. That's like a detail. I like even everything I'm saying, I, to be clear, I'm not saying no seventies because it's all hack or something. It's all been done because that was a detail. I don't think I've ever heard in a story about this. I just think like I'm ready to take some of the casual abuse that was like the, that was 
ex- more acceptable in previous decades out of some storytelling. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. that like I, I, cause I don't know that it's something that we need to call attention to as I imagine many kids raised in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties really did need to because there was right. so much corporal punishment and all this stuff. Anyway, that's, that's, so I yeah. thought it was a long scene for what it was, especially yeah. in such a short movie. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. And that coupled with the, the school fights, I was like, what purpose does this serve? Like, mm-hmm. okay. So Finney's tough, like he's shy, but you get that he like has been beat up. Like he's seen abuse. Like he's so that maybe you believe that he can outsmart this kidnapper this killer yeah and that i was like what the fuck and then um or are is it was it just you know like makes me think of like the midsummer thing where that whole intro with her sister killing her sorry spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it um the whole intro with her sister killing the parents it's like Mm -hmm. what purpose did that serve for us to see that like were we just right like you're it makes no storytelling sense like okay okay so Gwen then like she she has a that was a great scene for her she like threatens to drop his bottle of vodka yeah and then she does and he then I think at that point brings up why he's beating her and makes her say that she that her dreams don't mean anything. Oh, right, because they had like come to the school. Um, the the investigators investigators had come to the school to ask her about why she had talked about the black balloons. And then came to him at work and came to him at work. And I'm like, are we supposed to feel sorry for this guy? Like, yes, okay, exactly. so your 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 mom killed herself because she was psychic, not because her husband was abusive. That's all supposed to be like after the fact. That's mm-hmm. not true. You know, he yeah. was probably abusing her too. And then at the end, he's mm-hmm. like groveling to his kids. That's fucked up. I have this note. I have one. And again, we did not watch this together. We have not spoken a word about Black Phone. My last note on my phone is I wouldn't take that dad's apology. No. It was really just like, I'm sorry about all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it felt like. Yeah, it felt like we were supposed to believe that because of all of this, that he's a changed man. And it's like, no, you just delivered those kids back into a hellscape yeah. where they could die. Right. That almost would have been... Would have been cool. A, like a cool turn on this movie. It's like, oh, you thought you escaped this horror. It actually, you still live with this. Like yes. You're in that like... It doesn't matter your individual ability to uh, absorb abuse and trauma is not doesn't does not mark you as safe or powerful that that's not like a virtue because it is it's a strange message. And it would have been cool if, if it was like we as a community like I don't know something where it's addressing all the other violence that's in Finney's life, you know, like, okay, we understand that there's a problem here that kids yeah. are getting like if, if the, somebody, a principal and I, and I get the whole like Stephen King, like 
where are the parents thing that mm-hmm. Joe Hill has done. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that, especially since you read the short story. Another note that I had was like, is Gwen supposed to have The Shining? Eh, no. No. That would have been cool too. Because I was wondering if that was in the story or whatever psychic powers and I was kind of wondering like is Joe Hill allowed to write things in the king of verse or is it like right. his own uh <laughs> yeah is it like a dynasty I mean she does have she has the powers in the in the story and I will say that the the um the dialogue of the grabber mm-hmm. is lifted almost word for word from the short story and the setting, I don't know, maybe because I had already seen the movie, but it really felt true to the setting of this small town. You know, like when That's he gets cool. it, oh, the the short story opens, the very first scene is when Finney gets abducted and he's, you know, he's kind of right in the town. That felt very true to the adaptation. But yeah, I had an issue, I guess, at me asking you that was like, I totally agree. I was thinking about that with that child actor. She was great in the scene. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of it in the story, I can see the bully. The bullies made so much sense in the story mm-hmm. where it's like these these kids are so violent and yet they're so innocent and they're still getting, you know, like there's, there's still this evil and it's right. all just systemic. And, but then with the abusive dad, it, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's why this story, I was like wondering not only about the shining thing, cause it, but it has a bit of Overlook Hotel, of, uh, the dairy, Maine, mm-hmm. the town in yeah, it, yeah. that like it's, it had a bit of that energy to it where it's just like is there like an evil that's infecting this place yeah wouldn't that that have been cool like it seems like it was intentional but then yeah because i also don't i don't know that like um most kids are that violent and i know that people want to say like but there's school shootings and stuff like that now or what about in these areas and people you know Mm -hmm, right like most like middle school fights are not like blood sport it's mm-hmm. not the kumite they are like <laughs> trying to you're you're trying to settle a score or dispute or whatever else but it usually ends with somebody getting in trouble or just like somebody eventually just kind of submits or you know like right, right, right. that it's not it's not this thing where you're like you end up in the emergency room and like right well now i mean the cops are called if there's blood drawn. I mean, that that happened when I was a kid. Like, I feel like that was a new thing when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, I think that's right. That is true. But I, I just, I'm just like curious if, I mean, if this was, if it was supposed to be sort of a fantastical level of violence to sort of underscore just like there's danger everywhere or something, or if it was a... Uh, you know, or or if it was just like an kind of an overreach to make you go like, yeah, shit's crazy. Yeah, this kid is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that this story was just a, a simple short story that they were like, we're gonna make this into a movie and we're gonna build it out. And it it felt very, uh, it felt very scattered and 
and then ended up being yeah like shadows of it of it and a few other movies um i never wanted to see this movie um i saw the trailer for this movie and laughed and i was like that's a stupid idea for a movie i know exactly what's going to happen and uh i also don't want to see it because it's about kidnapping but then we decided to watch it for this and it's kind of like a perfect movie for us to talk about because um you know it's it's recent it's a recent a new horror movie with kids in it there actually are a couple on our list that are new but it's kind of rare we we're usually like digging back back for yeah mm -hmm. so sometimes even the presence of kids is not like is kind of incidental or something right. where like this is pretty kid centric and there is even a family and like parent dynamic and stuff. So yeah. Right. Well, right. So we were like, well, we got to do it. And I'm like, this is the only way I'm ever going to watch this mm-hmm. movie. And great reviews for this movie. Pretty, I'm pretty well regarded. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, I mean, we're not rating this movie, but did you like, did you like watching the movie? Uh, no, I didn't like watching the movie. Cause I did. I actually, I enjoyed it. I think I, that's like for all of my, all of my complaints and dissection and kind of like nitpicking of it. I think it was like, I guess I liked it more than I thought I would. That's and that true. Is, that's true. And maybe that was enough for me. And, um, even with like, even like the mask piece of it, the, the guy who made it is this guy Tom Savini, who was basically like George Romero's makeup guy, like who did all the of the dead movies. And a, I mean, it's and it's done really like countless other stuff. It's worked with Quentin Tarantino and stuff like that. But making these masks as like a prosthetic, like he's worked on a Friday the Thirteenth. We did the fr- the final mm-hmm. chapter. He's done you know like he's done a lot of like pretty classic effects. And so I was trying to think about the mask and the construction of it and stuff, even as like, oh, you got like an A-list person to make this as almost like a prosthetic or something rather than just like to sell a Halloween mask, which is how I first looked at it when I saw the trailer. But the mask is so stupid and doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why does this guy even have a mask like that? That's in two parts, like... That he made that I mean, obviously he's a he's a psychopath, but like it didn't even fit with his aesthetic. Right. Like it's even in three parts, right? There's one point in which the mouth is covered and the mouth is visible. There's the top piece and Oh, then and, there's like horns. And there's something. horns that he wears the top hat right. over, I guess. Like I don't know we never we didn't get to see his face at the hardware store, I don't think. Did we? Or he wears bit, glasses yeah. when he's outside and that's yeah. enough of a cover. Yeah, like that would have been good to to know. Like he should have opened up to Finney at some point and, and he should have tried to ask him about it or something and gotten some detail or the the coke addicted brother. I'm rolling. <laughs> could not help myself roll my eyes that the comedic relief. This is a dumb Blumhouse trope of you try to put a someone who's deeply unfunny in like the comedic relief role of your oh. movie and they 
uh, like the paranormal investigators who are in several oh, right. of the oh my gosh uh, the ins- it, they're insidious, in insidious yeah. movies and <laughs> that guy um, glasses specs specs uh, <laughs> and so they and anyway so you've got this guy's on coke and that's supposed to be like again something more extreme or getting to see this guy get like gacked out of his mind to the point that you're like you're watching him get invested in this case and try to figure it out on his own Mm -hmm. and then realizing like oh yeah like that it's right under you would would have been again a more fun play to the reveal but like except it's not right under him because there's two houses right that was part of it was dumb the bodies were the bodies were under him so anyway but like there's there's Yeah, some of that was like a little overly complicated, but I liked, I don't know. No, no, I see what you're saying. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. the experience of watching it. it was, uh, yeah. I, think, I think it was fun. I could I could I also know. see it yeah. doing well in the theater, you know? Sure. But the reasons for that were, were so obvious and... I, f- I, I do not like being manipulated like this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, as I'm... As I'm watching it, you know, you're, you're scared for all these kids. You're scared for you know you're scared for them when they're in their home because you know that this dad is out an alcoholic abusive father and then you know that you know that finney is going to get abducted it's the whole point and you know you know bruce is going to die you know robin's going to die you know everything going in and so you also know that finney's going to get out like let's be honest so everything felt very manipulative Mm -hmm. and nothing shocked me except for when he did escape I was happy, but I also knew he was not going to get away because yeah. it's just this. No, I think like, even that is in the trailer. Sh- uh, sure. The trailer was too long. I remember even watching the trailer and being like, you already showed way too much. Like yeah, there's yeah, just yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. Like I think even if you just heard the scritchy scratch of voice on the phone and that's all we heard was coming through the phone or like a voice and we yeah. kind of saw nothing else other than Ethan Hawke's some version of his yeah. mask or something like that. It had been a much more compelling yeah. trailer, but clearly it wasn't a, a problem. Everybody was fine with it. But but I thought that it was, for what it was, I didn't hate watching it aside from the parts where he was, the parts with Ethan Hawke and like the the straight up like, um, like just the tense parts where you just don't know what he's going to do to him, mm-hmm. you know, like that stuff, but everything else, like I, I, and then by the end of it, of course I was not, um, I was not satisfied. I was really like, oh, okay, that's really it. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that they had done more and all the, as I was watching it, the pieces seemed to, you know, be very formulaic, but, not in a terrible way you know like it was an enjoyable ride yeah. but then but then once it was over i was like well what what is her psychic her psychic powers didn't even you didn't need that at all there were just things that i that i was like they just added that in for effect instead of like the storytelling right and because the, the ghosts ultimately told her where the house was right you know yeah and like it would have been cool if the if the ghosts of the kids had maybe also been untrustworthy or whatever, but it just felt so hokey for them. I don't know. And 
Yeah. It just, in general, I, I was mad that I had to watch, you know, a, a lot of violence towards kids right. that I'm not comfortable with just for a story that didn't do anything else besides what was in the trailer. And that, mm-hmm. that sucks. Like that well, really um, sucks. <laughs> is the, is the grabber given a motive in the short story? No, he's just a kidnapper. Just a kidnapper, classic kidnapper. Cause that's also what he is in, in this. Cause yeah. and I, that's again, something yeah. I, I would have liked that in storytelling form takes all of two minutes to again insert a piece of exposition as um like as uh finney is bargaining and trying to spare himself that like you have this moment too of like he reveals the newspaper yeah say like oh what's your name and he gives him a fake name he's like you lied to me like you could have built up that like relationship tension between like the kidnapper and victim or a like, bit, and but given him a motivation that was beyond um kind of the, the most awful versions of this which i do feel are quite predatory on our emotions as as viewers as well and certainly as parents it's extra tough but i think yeah. that like if i'm not asking for more like details about what he does to his victims i want to know why that's all you know it's like i would want to know like do right. you think you're the second coming of some ancient evil do you right. think or, you're the or whatever? is he does he have some sort of psychic ability because you have a magic phone and you have a magic kid mm-hmm. and then you just have a fucking child killer and he like, heard and they say like he heard it once and then there's the whole yeah. reveal at the end that all the kids are really talking to ethan hawk Right. Like they're telling the kid how to get out, but there was some piece of everything they said in the phone calls that was like put together as basically like, we're coming for you. Like, this is it. This is your last day where we thought it's like, oh, they're going to kill Finn. Like, right. There's that. What? There's supposed to be a bit of misdirect that is like when he's talking to the bully kid on the phone. Yeah. Um, where he's like threatening Finn and stuff like that. That then once he mm. finally gets Ethan Hawk. When he finally gets the grabber, yeah. they they kind of put it together as this little like super cut of like, you're going to get it. It's your last day. And then it's like Finn's arm is mint or whatever. You know, like it's all those little things together that I think we're sort of supposed to be like, well, these ghosts don't really know who they're talking to or how they're saying it or whatever. Or maybe not. Maybe it was just like, a, you know, just a fun way to put all the ghosts together again at the end but yeah I, I didn't get that I, I wish that it had been a little bit more it might not yeah. have been um so question for you okay did finney remind you of woo oh no oh man that's like all i could think about our mm. our young woo i just he had a very similar temperament to I could see that yeah I'm glad you didn't think of that <laughs> I was again only thinking of it generally as like a, a, a child being, yeah like, would my kids stop if someone said it specifically I'm a part-time music magician do you want to see a magic trick so why part-time <laughs> just say I'm a magician <laughs> he's, he's a psychopath just straight up there's just, he's just evil and there's no I mean there's no 
<sighs> of course that's scary. Like, yeah, a, ki- a a guy with a knife to a kid's throat. It's saying like, I'm going to gut you like a fish. It's like, okay, yeah, that's uh-huh. scary. Cool. Like, I don't know. This movie, I, I knew, I, I was hoping it would be just be more once I was watching it just because I knew, but I knew from the trailer that that's all it was. And uh-huh. that's, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, so he did. He, I was thinking of Wu the whole time because he has this. He's a quiet kid. He's a very uh, the the wait and see kid mm-hmm. temperament, and you know he has this little sister who he's super close with, and she's very um, assertive, just like Boo. Mm-hmm. And but but him specifically, I was just like thinking about like god it's so terrible but like the only reason that this kid survives this is because he has been abused and he's been bullied and he isn't afraid of this guy you know like he is afraid of him but he like in in reality a child would be crying and and being and and very Yes, you know, like, I think his lack of emotional response to his own situation right. was because he's used to being abused. Right. I think that's... Yeah. And, it, and it's like, if that was the whole point of, of all that as lead up, then it's like, okay, I believe that this kid could get out of this, I guess. Great. But why... No, there's... No, I mean, to, again, there, it's like, there's nothing to say that that should make a kid able to get out of this. Because for all we know it's certainly some of, or one of the other kids was also probably from a similarly dysfunctional home. And right. And he has like the help of, of the other kids or whatever. Yeah. It's more the ghost friends that, you know, that helped but just to have the, the temperament to, to be able to like try even, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I obviously do not think our kids, thankfully. Oh, and see, I mean, I could also to... see a victim of that much abuse having the opposite reaction that it's, you wouldn't. It's they... true. But I feel like the backdrop of the 70s, you're made to think like. Right. That it's a toughening thing. Yeah. Yeah. It strengthened you. And it's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Ay, ay, Um. All right. Well. Oh, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You think you can slip out a little louder? I don't think they can hear you up in Boulder. Yeah. Yeah. Slurping. Slurping. Hashtag slurping. Um, slurping. Yeah, that's triggering for me. Um, because yeah, I I mean, not nothing like this situation. But, um, in fact, the opposite. It's the opposite situation. You would have been the dad in this situation to someone who is not a child. No, no, that's not it at all. Okay. Um, no, just my grandmother. When when I lived with my grandmother, um, like in high school, uh, it was my mom and my grandmother and I, and she would slurp her food, um, but not just any food just every food so like even if she was eating like a hamburger or like a burrito breadcrumbs it doesn't matter she would slurp and my 
Like it was, it was such a strange mealtime thing. And then, so my mom would very like passive aggressively ask her to stop, but because she was worried about her choking. And so, I mean, slurping is not a fun noise to hear when you're eating. Like it is gross. That's every, like nobody enjoys it. It's a, culturally. I mean, I, I guess it is a thing in Asian cultures, right? Like that, that's, that's okay. Say. That's what they say. That's not my experience. So, um, yeah, slurping is a tough thing because I, w- I wish my mom had just been like, please stop slurping. It's super annoying, mm-hmm. which, um, I try to always be direct if something's bothering me. Uh, yes. but I also like when conditioned- I used to slurp some foods, <laughs> Carol would just tell me stop slurping it's super annoying there was no ruse of yeah of, uh, and i i'm also very very no conscious of, of choking fears no i'm not actually af- to a fault probably not afraid of people choking probably because my mom's so afraid of it mm-hmm. i just don't i uh, don't care no i do i do care <laughs> you're on your own kid i do care but it doesn't worry me in the same way the other things worry me but um but yeah, I'm also very sensitive to not slurp my food because I don't want to attract that kind of attention. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really weird thing, slurping. But I beat it out of you, so yeah, exactly. You don't do it. The kids don't do it. It's all good. We're yeah. good. Slurp free house over here. Um, that's really Real times funny. are silent. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, that just really, cu- my ears perked up when I heard it. It was like a yeah. long lost lover <laughs> hearing the sound of a well, breakfast cereal slur. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, our friend, what, Terrence? Terrence. Terrence. Sure. Yeah. they. I'm sure they said his name. Yeah. The dad. Do you know that it, the actor who plays the dad, Josh? I've never seen him before in my life. Oh, but you have. <laughs> he for plays Annabelle or Jigsaw. What is he? like? What's, like... For he is Jeremy Davies. And he is oh in the commercial oh my God. that I said. <laughs> so Josh and I are both listening to the audiobook of uh, The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. It's fantastic. If you like him as an author, you'll love it. Super fun. Lots of great points made about the 90s. And everything pop culture and sports therein, but he talks about a Impreza commercial, a car commercial starring Jeremy Davies. And I will put, we will, well, yep. we'll play it. Just play it. Talk to you about my new Subaru Impreza and explain its relevance to you and me and the car business. Okay, okay. This car is like punk rock. Now, now just trust me, this is relevant. Do you remember when rock and roll was really boring and corporate? Well, punk challenged all this and said, hey, excuse me, but here's what's cool about music, remember? Now, Subaru, with this Impreza, is challenging some car thinking here. This car is all about reminding you and me what's great about a car and moving forward and making cars better and less disappointing. Just like punk, except it's cars. It's absurd. It is totally bananas. I don't remember it's it. It's punk from- rock. <laughs> it's punk rock. Uh, and not only that, but like Ethan Hawke is in this movie. That's and... true. Wow. What a 90s thing. Yeah. Joe Hill demanded it. <laughs> Joe Hill. And the ultimate oh. Gen Xer. Oh, gosh. He is, right? He'd be a Gen Xer, I, I guess imagine. So. He don't impress me much. That... <laughs> he don't impress me much, that Joe I Hill. heard you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was such a weird connection. Like I couldn't believe he was in this movie. What'd you think about him? That actor? 
I mean, I, I generally like him. He's just like in so many things. Okay. Um, what about in this, the black phone? I, w- <laughs> I wish that he hadn't been abusive. I wish he had just been an alcoholic who was sad about his his wife killing herself. That would have been enough. I didn't need <laughs> to see, you know, because he does, he played a sad, tortured guy really well. Um, but I didn't find him very threatening. I guess that's, that's illogical because that's not what abusers are like. But I just, I don't know. I found him more sad and pathetic, but maybe that's just me like sympathizing with an abuser. Sure. It, well, uh, yeah, it would have been, I mean, it, cause yeah, the alcoholism alone would have been enough abuse and it, I, yeah, yeah. and it also would have again made an apology feel a little bit like more possible in a way or at least yeah that is that's a good point it's interesting to think like oh yeah if you just literally extracted the abuse piece of this but made him a bit of a ghost yeah in their lives and because he's so depressed it's like okay well you kids are on your own he's not going to notice if you're coming or going you're kind of responsible for him right that would have been still a lot to deal with yeah plenty but yeah, as an actor, I, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. It also would have helped. The, I felt it was like a little scene chewy, but I liked that I didn't recognize him. I never <laughs> would never have placed him. Certainly not from that, but also from nothing else. So I was really, yeah, it was one of those, a... it was kind of cool in that way that I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's going for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a true character actor. Just his credits are lengthy. Lengthy. Lengthy indeed. I have a question for you. It's an interview with a vampirant. Interview with a vampirant. This is separate from our questions about the movie. This is a question uh, not about what you thought about the movie, but Mm -hmm. related to the movie. Josh, how often do you think about our children being snatched? Um, I can't say not often because I do and I think especially at playgrounds and of course anytime that for like two seconds I lose sight of them mm-hmm. then I do think about it so I mean pretty regularly I guess it's not it's not a I know for you for instance it's something like you're afraid of the Tina Fey thing happening to them if they're in our front yard yes. really slicing up their face and running away check out our episode on uh on it yes i i would think that part, part one it part one i yeah i mean i guess all the time maybe i do all the time because i also i mean the reason why i wouldn't want them to play outside unsupervised in the front yard would be a kidnapping scenario yeah. it would not be a, a slasher yeah no i i mean i think about that too i do yeah i think i i think about it all the time think about it all of the time and um school pickups and drop-offs so really like most yeah that's what i mean it's like the more i think about like when it flashes in my mind because i think it is a different to differentiate for our listeners that it is not something that I obsess about or that I, or that I intend to do anything about. 
I think that is an important thing with this other than be present and mindful of where my children are beyond that. I don't avoid situations because I'm afraid of snatching. I don't, you know, I don't, I think the only behavior I change is my own and other than like explaining to them stranger danger Mm -hmm. when, um, when appropriate. I did actually have a conversation with Boo uh, mm-hmm. at bedtime tonight, just to put the fear of God. Yeah, okay, good. You know, just to... <laughs> no, we were just talking. We have a thing where, like, I'll read them a story, and then we have they have like their separate reading time. It's like a mm-hmm. little wind down wind down time, and uh, Woo Woo is like fully reading, so he likes to read up in his top bunk. And Boo is not reading yet, but he really likes to look at books. And so sometimes I'll just sit in there and read to him or look at a book with him. And so I did just quiz him a bit like, hey, what would you do if uh, what would you do if somebody asked for help? If a grown up asked for help, you know, oh. like kind of. Yeah, because that's what this guy does. He like. Right. Help me with my groceries. Yeah. And. He had a good he he was good. He he said like he wouldn't he wouldn't go near somebody. I was like, what if they knew your name? Mm. And he was like, I would scream and I would run away. And I was like, well, what if they had ice cream? He was like, Well, I would take it and then I would run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't take it. And um, you know, I just kind of like walked through a but a couple different scenarios of yeah. like, what if somebody was really nice looking? Like, what if they seemed really, really nice uh-huh. or if they really needed help? And he, he, you know, he was smart. Like he, he obviously like knew what I was getting at. I mean, he's four and a half. So like he's, he, he, he knew the conversation we were having, but I did, I do think it made him think like with the ice cream or a lollipop or like if somebody looks really nice, it's like grownups don't need help. There, there are tricky people who are, who might try to trick you, you know? And, um, it was, it was good. And I feel like when, that that to me is like the only thing I can do when I get scared yes. about about things. Although the the one thing that like, and this is why it's so terrifying, is you know Wu had a an active shooter drill at school this week, and you know he's talking about being, you know hiding behind a desk and the lights are out and the door is locked and you have to be quiet and I'm just like I wanted to to sob like I wanted mm-hmm. to like I I just was so overwhelmed obviously like held it back and I hate it so much but I do think about it every single day a drop off I think about it every single day and there's nothing I can do about it except what they're doing at school which is active shooter drills and it's just so I don't think they should do active shooter drills either I do I I actually wanted to talk him more through because what he was saying I was like no he needs to have he needs to make sure that there is something between him you know like if Mm. even if you need to flip a chair over you need you cannot be able to see the door you know he needs to hide behind something heavy like Uh, yeah yeah I mean, I mean that I, is technically I'm not going to say it now. He's in first grade, but like, I just like he has to do more. He has to do more than just what they're. Just, it's so sad, but I like, say the safest place is actually next to the door because most shooters get tunnel vision, so they look through the door, and so the safest thing to do is they come in and you go out. 
Whoa. That like if you could. All right. So you tell him that. If you could be flat up against the wall. But then I don't want him like running towards a shooter. This no, is No, they so wouldn't. Dark. They would run. They'd walk in and you'd leave behind them. Ugh. That, But. But if you're running. The other thing is, this is my point. The fear mongering back to the fentanyl thing. Not that we know that these happen and they happen all the time. Like just like kids could eat poison and could eat drugs. They shouldn't active shooter situations are real and they're happening every day in America. Like not the drills, but the shootings. So like it's fair to know that that's possible, but the idea of doing a drill for it is obscene to me. I think that it's more traumatizing to walk no. someone through that experience I than disagree. it is to for the illusion of safety that you th- I because I just don't I, that to me is where I I like I I don't think it's it works. I don't know what you know? listeners if you know the answer to these the things, answer. but I don't think there's any. I don't think at this point in our lives in this culture that there that he yeah in in a very short amount of time they're going to know all about school shootings because they're going to know that it happens and i think that it's better for them to know what to do I if the kids me. ask that'd be fair but i don't think it's something parents should be offering because i do think it's it feels like too much to me but well, i have to agree to disagree it doesn't matter because it's happening anyway it's already happened so yeah i guess that's true mm-hmm. um in the same way that it probably did make Boo scared to talk about Stranger Danger or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because I want him to know these things somewhere in his brain. Yeah. You know? And if, and if, yeah, if you asked me, do you want to role play it with him? No, I don't want to role play it. Right. But do you I want do somebody want to, talk to roll up it. in an unmarked van and be like, no, it's cool. I'm actually with the school. This would have been bad for you, but you're actually safe. Go ahead and get back in your house. But they're not having a person come in the classroom with a gun. Some schools do similar things, like where it's not a gun, but it's like you have a you have people are role more there's more role playing in well, the drills. I don't I wouldn't want that, but I do think it's important for them to know. And I think that muscle memory in those situations is important. Like taking a self-defense class for me was like was so game changing to actually know and do it with my body what right. i would do it was helpful and i think any kind of knowledge like that is powerful but i see what you're saying but i don't agree so <laughs> question of the week do we want to review any answers from last episode oh my gosh yes thank you so much for uh giving us your answers to our question of the week um we asked what is your favorite folklore story or movie and we got some great answers did anyone write the grabber no one wrote the grabber josh because it's just a child killer i took him down because obviously i'm the grabber you dumb fucking fart knockers Wendelin blake i loved that so much because fart knocker is a very good insult and i miss it mm-hmm. and i'm gonna bring it back. bring it back 
Uh, okay, so people wrote in. Um, I also highlighted these on our stories. Um, so thank you. If you saw it, hopefully you saw my shout outs. Um, Marion, thank you for your answer. The green ribbon. Oh my gosh. The green ribbon is the woman with the, like her throat's been cut. Right. Okay. As far as I know, that's what I, that's what I assumed. Yes. Um, La Llorona from Kelly Wagner. And I, I, we haven't seen the new movie, but like you said, there's like many, many movies. There's many, many movies. It's not, it's not a tale I'm familiar with. Right. And so I'm, I'm really curious to, to check any of those out. Would still love to know if any of those movies are any good. Yeah. Uh, Michelle with Midsommar. Great. We've got Jack coming in hot with the OG Wicker Man. Wowzer. Which I feel like we could actually, I feel like we could actually watch on the show. There's like a bunch of kids in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Johnny coming in with Blair Witch, which I, Blair Witch Witch, um, I love. That was one of the ones I mentioned. And Monica, first guest of the pod, Aunt (laughs) Monica, Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? I I haven't actually seen Jeepers Creepers. Me neither. The answers questions questions answered. Yeah, and uh, find out where those peepers came from. Oh, good golly! So uh, we have some scary good stuff to share before we oh. rate, before we rate this movie and the children. We've been meaning to talk about this. We have. Yes, we okay. came up with it a while ago, and. Only now have we gotten it to the pod, but we have scary good stuff for you. That is an invention. At oh. least, at least I haven't heard of anyone else doing this, and maybe, maybe I'm late. We to the did game. invent this shit. Absolutely. Okay. I'll just I will do a little bit of internet research just to make sure, but we came up with it, and maybe others have too. But here is our idea for you, parents. Now, hopefully all of you are familiar with the game Among Us. Uh, if not, check it out. We were kind of late. I was late to the game with Among Us. Yeah. For sure. People, people were playing it in the pandemic um, early I, early days with friends. And I feel like that would have been really fun. Yeah, it would have been. I think it's one of those games that's probably been in existence for much longer than we would know. But... Um, it's a very popular kind of take on um, assassin assassin or other kind of party games, but it is, it's a video game that's available for your phone or tablet or switch and things like that. And you pay play cooperatively where basically you are some, you're this little cute bouncy space person in, uh, in some space station or other environment. And there is, you're a bunch of crewmates working together to maintain this spaceship or your environment. And so you have tasks you need to complete Mm -hmm. in a timely manner. But meanwhile, there's at least one imposter who is trying to sabotage or kill the crewmates uh, before they're discovered, before they're found out. So that's the object of the game. So yes, it is. There is cartoonish violence as when you, kill someone as the imposter they are sliced in half but um (laughs) it is cute enough that it works if your kids are okay with it um you probably will be too okay among us has been out since 2018 so um, wow wow well our (laughs) 
our scary good stuff is not among us. It is gamifying your chores in the setting of among us. And let me tell you, it worked. It works. We're going to get charm. We, you make a task list just like they do on among us and your kids have to go about doing their chores all while also playing the among us imposter thing. So you pick, you pick, uh, out of a hat and, uh, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. And so you, we made a few imposter sabotage tasks as well which were just things like turn off all the lights that kind of thing so that they were they were interrupting the chores but the focus is still the chores get done and so we played like three or four games of among us chore chart and got all the chores done by the time it was over kids had fun great way to get something done and also play with them which is all they want is for you to play with them yeah and you could also do this i'm sure with other familiar games maybe if you play like animal crossing or something like that where there are maybe daily tasks are sort of part of the thing where it might be like okay well instead of tending your vegetable garden you are vacuuming right something like right, that right. There, there could be things like that that you that you need to do in sort of like a, a maintenance way that you could gamify um but the among us one works great we made it analog, made the chart list, so we can also go back. And we just had them put stickers next to the ones that they completed so we can still reference this chart later or play it again just as is. Yeah. Little things, big things, put your shoes away. Feed the cats. Feed the cats, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, works great on a little Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I wish that we had thought of it um, earlier, but at this point they're able to do bigger and better chores. So... Really, the sky's yeah. the limit there. You could you could play all day. Like you could you because they they they're so little they tend to rush it, but like you could really stretch it out and like be doing bigger tasks with older kids and like have it be this long con of like who the imposter is. You know? Yeah, it actually would be fun if the sabotage things with older kids were a little more serious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you could do like, you could intentionally make certain messes, right? If it was like, Oh, I, you know, like your now your bed is unmade, but you still have to do stuff. I mean, you could do it. It would just be fun. <laughs> yeah. Cause then it's motivating them to, if they complete the task, then they've won the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's an important game element of among us. If you complete your task before the imposter yeah. sabotages them, you win. If, the imposter sabotages the ship or kills all the crewmates, then they win, but then you just start again. So yeah. 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 Fun. Go us. That yeah, was we're great. pretty good. That was scary good stuff by us. <laughs> all right. I guess we should rate this movie. I guess so. Is it time? Wow. It's time. Answer your telephone. Answer your telephone. Josh, Mm -hmm. how many thick-cut steaks do you give this movie out of 20? Mm. Hmm. Oh, for the day, I'll give it 13 out of 20. Thick-cut steaks. 13 out of 20. Okay. Okay. Um... 
seems low. You, you seem to enjoy it more than that. But. No, I mean, I also had plenty of problems with it. I don't think it's exceptional. I, I'm going to stick with this as like a... I, this was this was cool. If your thing is kidnapping movies, um, I I would like to see a little bit more conflict within other characters. I would have liked to see maybe some more scary elements. But I think good job with the with the tension. Good job with the setting and most of the performances. I was pretty into. So like I can't say I hated it, but I won't. I wouldn't call it. It's not a bad movie. It's just there are fixable things about it that could make it great. I think it's one of those ones where I, I feel like we're even more harsh on it because it's something it's that, deserving of the criticism. Yes, exact yeah. exactly. Like the, the criticisms are are well founded, but it, it's also and because like they tried, it's what makes it harder to accept the stuff that went wrong. Where right. it's like some of these are such train wrecks. It's just like, well, who gives a shit what happened here? But it's like, no, you have something interesting here and some really well done elements of it. But all in all, like I would never watch it again. Right, right. Um, It's not Silence of the Lambs, you know. What's that? You should check it out. Um, um, yeah. yeah. All right. You've, what about you? You've how explained yourself. How many thick cut steaks do you give it? I was going to give it less, but I agree with you um, in some of the things you said. So I'm going to give it an 11 out of 20. Ooh. Because I, I, yeah, almost the flip side of that, of like, man, you really did have something here that could have been cool, but... It just fell short. I wish that there were more. I wish that there was another magical element. I wish there was something more to the villain that made it more interesting. But yeah, while I was watching it, I was thinking and texting with my sister, with with Aunt Donna, who is really, really a harsh grader of horror movies like yes. almost nothing pleases her but she will always watch a horror movie a horror movie a horror movie <laughs> she would watch a horror movie uh but she i i thought that she could watch it up to a certain point and not be totally pissed off like because there are good things about it mm-hmm but um, but but then by the end, I was like, oh, she'd have a field day with this. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's not a terrible movie. I get why people liked it, but I also feel like people are just so starved for actual good horror movies that they're like, that wasn't too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, how many breakfast screwdrivers do you give the children in this movie out of 10 breakfast screwdrivers? Breakfast screwdrivers. Why am I blanking on this? What is what happens? Uh, it's a vodka and orange juice. Oh, oh, I'm thinking like a screw. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. He couldn't find a screwdriver. He had, spoiler, oh my he God. had to take apart the toilet. Oh. Very crafty. That I liked that move a lot. Yeah. Um, that was actually in the story. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Also, props to the grabber. 
for props to the grabber. Props to the grabber for giving his victims a toilet to use. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, how many breakfast screwdrivers out of ten breakfast screwdrivers do you give the kids? It would have been cool, just gonna side note, it would have been cool if it was a Pittsburgh toilet, you know? A Pittsburgh toilet? Do you know what that is? No. It's it's a it's a regional thing that that like <laughs> sounds like a punchline or a setup for a joke. It's oh, like, you don't know what breakfast screwdriver is? How about a Pittsburgh toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's basically like my grandparents had one in Wilmington, Delaware. Not too, you know, same. It's a regional thing where basically you have a toilet in the middle of your basement, freestanding toilet no walls or anything just a toilet and basically um it's there for like if the if like the sewer gets backed up like your it will basically handle the toilet will handle the backup instead of flooding your basement huh uh except we all grew up like most people are terrified of these things but like it was just the second bath. You know, it's like just the yeah. other toilet that you could use. And it's just terrifying because you have to go down to a creepy basement. Inevitably creepy. Usually like a dirt floor, you know, just like so creepy. And then you have to, not dirt, but you know what I mean? Like a, Yeah, some, a, not, some not concrete, unfinished floor. Yeah. I You're, mean, sometimes they could probably be. Anyway, it, it would have been cool. I mean, I know this is like set in Denver in 1978, but, uh, that wow. would have been that would have been interesting because it's like oh, I wasn't really doing it for my prisoners. Wow, I I did do a quick wiki on this. Quickie, a quickie. Its primary function was to serve as a cleanup station for steel mill workers to clean themselves after returning from work. The toilet fixtures would also limit the harm of sewage backups yeah. in hilly Pittsburgh, providing a lower flushable outlet than the main part of the house. Fucking fascinating, really. I mean, that I somebody believe... thought of like, well, let's put a toilet down there because then I'll just go in there and clean up. I won't track my yeah. steel mill debris all over the house. And bonus points, we can <laughs> Not flush out the wastewater. It's funny that we've never talked about this considering I grew up with one in my grandparents' house. And I think we have talked yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, we have talked about it. We talk about it nearly every day. That, snatchers, school shootings, every day. Every day. Um, h- how many? <laughs> how many? Wait, did you grade them? How many? Out of how many? Out of 10. Out of 10. I am giving them 10 out of 10. Every single kid. I loved every single kid in this movie. So good. I loved Finney. He was, ex- he's going to be a star. He's going to be a huge star. Mm. His name in lights. Um, Love Gwenny love uh all the young children love uh robin the robin the the, the, fight, the, the fighter, fighter the fighter yes. loved bruce i loved even the bully very stranger things reminiscent yeah, yeah. um yeah. i was like is that billy yeah they were all just so good even even just the side characters of the other bullies in school the mm-hmm. you know like every yeah Great, great casting, great kids. Well, how about you? Hmm. I'm less so. I I did I did like all of. I liked all the kids. I thought I the my only thing with Finney 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give him I'm giving him seven out of ten. And I think with him, I would have liked to. I would have liked to see a greater range of emotion, and even if the point is that he is so broken and therefore so tough that he need not emote, except for the one time when he's just very tired, I would have liked. It would have helped me a lot. I think as a viewer. And yeah, I think it would have been too sad and depressing. I don't think anybody could have watched it if he was like, if he's pleading for his, yeah, if it was real crying himself to sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not, you know, but, um, I think without these kids, this movie would have sucked. Oh my God. Could you imagine? They saved it for me. Every time I thought about something good about the movie, it was just because of the kids. I like, think that's, I think that's fair. Like, and the adults, I mean, because like, yeah, the bigger problems were, all adults like the detectives pretty much stank that they were just be like, yeah, we believe your dreams. Like (laughs) stuff like that. That was also thrown in there for whatever. What an original idea. What an original idea, Joe Hill. How'd you think of that? But even the fact that one of them wasn't skeptical about it or was like, I don't need to stay in here and hear this. You can, if you want to again, just weird to be like, tell us what we know you're about to say. Your dreams are real. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe the perfect kids. I'm going seven out of ten. I don't care. Sorry. Work harder. <laughs> That's my lesson for you. I, there is really one gigantic takeaway from this movie that we didn't talk about. We didn't. Don't, don't be, be a, a creep. creep. <laughs> Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. We're on Instagram at mummyxdeddypod. You can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, but especially... Tell a friend, Spooktoberfest, fun drive. Yeah. Tell a friend, tell, tell a, friend. a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spalding is a dollhouse full of crucifixes. Bye. Bye. A cute little character could take America by storm. All he needs is a hook. Nighty night, naughty boy. Ay, caramba!